Welcome to Light Bites, an occasional podcast from Leeds Institute for Teaching Excellence at the University of Leeds. Episodes will be hosted by members of the Light team. And we'll be showcasing the scholarship of teaching and learning from across the university. Hello and uh, welcome to the latest episode of Light Bites. I'm your host, Dave Riley, Research and Impact Officer uh, at Light. Um, in this episode upcoming, um, I interviewed Laura Loyola Hernandez, who is a lecturer in the School of Geography and the program lead for BA Geography. Um, Laura has recently completed her Light Fellowship, Community-Based Pedagogies to Diversify the Curriculum. And in this interview, we talk all about it. Um, I've had, I've re-record, we re-recorded the opening segment here, uh, mainly because I bashed the mic a few times unintentionally um, in the original recording, uh, but whilst, whilst we're doing this and have the opportunity, Laura would also like to clarify that the name of the artist that she collaborated with to produce the amazing poster about sense of belonging that she speaks about in the interview um, is called Nicole Marie Burton and not Anne Marie Burton. Anyway, here is the conversation that I had with Laura. Hi, Lara. How are you today? Hi, I'm okay. Thank you so much for having me. That's all right. You're welcome. Um, so just to start off, can you just tell us a little bit about your fellowship? Like what is the, uh, what's the, the broad synopsis? So my fellowship was 12 months and it was really working with students to understand how they feel a sense of belonging and unbelonging um, being students that feel marginalized by being at university. So how that experience has been and how that has impacted um, their time at university, their learning journey and their progression throughout the course of, of uni. Yeah. Cool. And like, what, what methods did you use to um, investigate that? So I use, so we, the fellowship consisted of working with students in two workshops and one focus group. But in the first workshop, I did something called an alphabet attack. So this is something where you might have a topic in hand. So for example, one of the words or prompts that I used was university. And then students together have to go through the entire alphabet and then think of the, you know, write the first word that comes to mind that's associated with that particular word. And then we use those posters that they did. Um, and I had four words as prompts for the second hour of that workshop. They had to. So I use a technique called the Lego series play. And it's when I ask students, what would your ideal university look like? And I brought a bunch of my kids' Legos that I had in the house. And they had to build everything from the ground up, from the little people, the Lego people, to the building, so what that would look like. Um, and then I left the room just to leave them to, well, negotiate and have these conversations. And then I came back. Um, and then we they kind of explained what it was. But it was really interesting because – it brought up a lot of conversations that really can't translate physically. So, for example, should there be a VC in our university? What would that look like? Um, so that's the one activity. Another thing is I did a lot of artwork. So I brought art supplies and 
students, I said, if money wasn't an issue, what would you one ideal event organized by the university look like? And, you know, some students came up with like a music festival uh, around like uh, having workshops as well around feminism and capitalism, the environment. Others had, um, you know, festivals, environment festivals. So it was really great to kind of engage with students as to what they want. But also it led to interesting conversations about like staff workloads and like staff doing this a lot of these type of events in a voluntary basis and, and whatnot. And then finally, I did um, a technique called body mapping, which is a technique used by a lot of Latin American feminists mm -hmm. um, to understand in ways that traditional maps can't our relationship with a particular space. So you basically trace the person's body in, in a big piece of paper yeah. and ask questions, in this case, around the university. So, you know, how do you get to university? What are the spaces where you feel most comfortable at university? And for example, some of the students drew hearts, mm -hmm. uh, not hearts, sorry. They put the student union where the heart is. Yeah. Uh, and then when they had more intense conversations, let's say around climate change and how they felt a bit uneasy of the university inviting certain, you know, companies for yeah. career fairs, they put it in the stomach. So mm -hmm. it, it's, it just, it really was mediums to allow students to explore yeah. um, their ex like contradictory experiences at uni. And was all this done in one session? No, no. So I've had, I had three sessions with them uh, in around three or four months. So mm -hmm. it, they weren't like continuous. We also did um, a Black History Walk on campus yeah. with um, Heritage Corner, mm -hmm. uh, which is if anyone can go to their walks um, by Joe, uh, who works really closely with the university. Mm -hmm. And that was just a really nice experience to do with students because we just learned so much, um, you know, that the university has a lot of like abolition history yeah. that we just don't know about. Um, and then the final activity to close the fellowship was I organized um, a community conversation around climate change and yeah. climate activism. And we had uh, a short documentary and we had the director here and then we had some community activists as well. Okay. And it was open to the public. So it was really great to kind of end uh, the community led pedagogies project with the entire community. And that was that was like an open forum or? Yeah, yeah. it was an okay. open forum. Uh, anyone even outside the university could come. We had tea and coffee and cakes. Um, and it was just a really great um, hmm. way to close the, the fellowship. Yeah, a really innovative methodology as well. And I've got a question. How do you got, you described being a very rich data set there. Mm. So how do you sort of like bring that to together to, to produce a, yeah. you know, some conclusions? Or um, so... For me, it was really important to be clear with students when they would be recorded and when they wouldn't, mm -hmm. because I wanted these conversations to happen in a really organic way. So I only recorded them when they had finished doing all the like the university and the posters. And it was more I recorded their reflections on yeah. what they have done. Okay. Um, because I didn't want it to be kind of really extractivist and invasive. Yeah. But what I've done afterwards was 
obviously I, I tried to document as much as I could, particularly the university, mm -hmm. the Lego university, because yeah. I had to, dis you know, I had to take it apart. Um, so I then, I basically just had all this rich material from the recordings, but also in conjunction with what students made, because I really do see this as a co-production mm -hmm. with students. Yeah. Um, they were really the ones that dictated, for example, the codes. You know, what were the key things that I was going to look for? Okay. It just really emerged in an organic way. How did they dictate the codes? Did you ask them specifically? Or? No, so it, just, it, it was just things that kept coming up. So whether it's this... Um, so, for example, um, I've, I'm now doing the proofs for an article based on, on mm -hmm. this project. Yeah. And one of the strands of the analysis is the, the the complex contradictions that come with working and studying in the what's called the neoliberal university yeah. right and this just emerged out of not only the conversations i had with students but also the material itself so mm -hmm. um for example one of the posters that we did in the alphabet attack with um the keyword was university and they had some really lovely words like community, like decolonization, inclusivity, but they also had like really contradictory words towards yeah. that, like xenophobia, oil investment, um, stress. Mm -hmm. So they themselves, without actually telling me this is what you should be coding, yeah. it just really came and in a really organic way. Okay. This leads me on to my next question. So if what when you've touched on it a little bit, like what were your findings from your from your research? Um, so one of the findings that I wasn't really anticipating that was surprising, um, is because most of the students that participated felt marginalized, particularly mm -hmm. they were students of color. Yeah. Um, it, they were issues around neurodiversity. So mm -hmm. how even within the university, there's still a lot of restraints and stigma that come from being neurodiverse, mm -hmm. but especially being a person of color that has neurodiverse issues. Yeah. Because when we have mostly these discussions around flexibility, accessibility issues, they're mostly centered around white students. Mm -hmm. And their experience has been compounded by the fact that they're not only, you know, racially minoritized, but also some of them are from working class backgrounds. So yeah. that's a finding that I hadn't really envisioned, mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm, it's given me a better perspective in what we could do. Yeah. And the second one that I also wasn't really um, envisioning was the importance of the physical space. Um, so where like the university, but also the schools, like where they feel they belong and they don't belong yeah. has a massive influence on um, their learning and overall experience at, at university. You, where do they belong? Where do students belong? And where don't they belong in the university? Um, yeah, that's a really it, interesting point. Um, I think, as I said, one aspect was the physical, mm -hmm. um, so how welcoming or not is a particular space or okay. how they perceive it. But a lot of it as well was, you know, do they feel represented by the by the staff body? Okay. Some of them don't because okay. they don't see staff that look like them. Right. Um, others were 
you know, just building that sense of community. And they have managed to do that, but outside of kind of the restrictions mm -hmm. of like going to lectures, going to yeah. seminars, going to practicals, it's how they've built that community within friends. Okay. Um, that's really what has kept them kind of thinking, well, actually I do belong here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Very, very interesting. Uh, something of space, something about physical, but you're also talking about more abstract. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, my next question is about the outputs um, that you might have had from your fellowship. So, well, obviously I know about what you've been doing with your cool outputs, but can you tell the, the audience for us? Yeah, I mean, well, you've uh, I've written an article. I'm hoping it comes out in the next couple of, of months. But one of the, the biggest outputs I think I've had with, this is a poster that I've done in collaboration with um, Anne-Marie Burton, who's an artist. Um, and the poster is called Who's Uni? It's available at the um, Light uh, website. Yeah. And it really is a reflection of the dialogues I had with students throughout the project. So the poster is meant to almost be a vehicle uh, or a tool for staff, for students, for activists, for just anyone really to, to incite conversations around maybe difficult topics. So in the poster, there's stuff around having to work more because they can't afford to buy food at university, which is increasingly more a reality for our students, but also for staff. Um, there's stuff around climate change, about how, you know, feeling a bit complicit about learning about climate change, but then having, uh, you know, really, you know, difficult conversations around uh, who invests in our university, mm -hmm. for example, about how to generate a sense of belonging, um, of students, you know, that might not necessarily feel like they belong, but they do. So that's one output that I've that I've had, and the poster is available to download online. And if yep. people want a hard copy, they can always get in touch with me. Yep. Um, and then I've been really, really lucky that I have a really supportive uh, head of school mm -hmm. who has embraced um, some of the practical ideas or pilot ideas. Yep. So I'll just talk about one. Mm -hmm. Um, we now have a community shelf in wow. the reception area of our of our school, and it's filled. Well, it will eventually be filled, but it has now um, board games. It has mind um, games. It has mindful art color like coloring stuff. Yeah. And the idea is, yeah, it's just another tool to generate a sense of community for students to feel welcomed. And we're now in talks in the school to have what we're calling a community a community pantry, mm -hmm. um, which is basically a, a food bank okay. um, in recognition that if students are hungry and staff are hungry, they can't really work or learn. No. Um, and we have to come together as a community to remove the stigma of that. And yeah. while we work on more structural ways in which we can change that. We also yeah. need to offer practical, simple, quick solutions mm -hmm. um, to support people that are having a, a, a difficult time under the current circumstances. Cool. I think you sort of answered, might have answered my my final question a little bit there. Um, but I would say about this post, about the poster, the Who's Uni poster, 
uh, obviously at Light, we think it's fantastic output. We've um, shared it through all of our channels. Um, if you're watching this, sorry, if you're not watching, you're listening to this, um, then it'll be shared on our Twitter, it's on our team space, and it's on Lara's page on the Light website as well. So I do encourage you to have a look. And also, if you're thinking about doing a Light Fellowship, this is the kind of creative output that you might want to produce. So that's really, really good. Uh, final question mm-hmm. is, and I think the, the community shelf might fit into this too, but um, what impacts have you had, um, you know, or continuing next steps since the end of your fellowship, which was a couple of months ago of time recording? Yeah. Um, so I've really tried to pilot some activities that emerge from the students themselves um, in a way that I just, I didn't want to finish the light fellowship, right? some articles, which are important, but then just kind of leave it in a really abstract way. I wanted there to be a connection and that in a way in which students might benefit, but also staff. So um, one of the things I've done is also I'm going to start to implement um, using the Who's Uni poster in one of my classes and see if it does anything to help engage these conversations I've mentioned the community shelf as well. Um, I'm also working with education engagement Mm -hmm. um, to see ways in which we can help each other, I guess, because a lot of the students had really fantastic um, stuff to say about education engagement and that they were really key in creating the sense of community, particularly for marginalized um, students. So I'm Mm -hmm. hoping that I can work uh, more uh, in a better way with these amazing people to generate a sense of belonging that includes everyone while recognizing our differences and celebrating them. Yeah, well, that's great. And we obviously at Light, we're really, really proud of the work you've done, Lara. Um, So we'd like to thank you for that. Oh, I just want to say thank you to the Light staff, especially Raka, who has been instrumental in helping me organize stuff and Dave as well, oh, who's answered so many questions over email. <laughs> uh, really appreciate that. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for your time today, the podcast. So that's the end of our latest light bite. We'll see you in the next episode.